wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, this is a doozy for you. It, it, it seems that somebody was just charged with hacking into Fox to get videos of Tucker Carlson on set right around the time that they were going to get rid of him. It's all coming as Paul Ryan, who's the board member over at Fox still, is out slamming him. I mean, just a bizarre afternoon. Meanwhile, we learn what we kind of already knew about Letitia James. Letitia James is highly, highly, highly political. And she doesn't even want Donald Trump to have the 30-day window that you would normally allow somebody to have to get the money together to pay their giant fine, their $355 million fine. I'll tell you, good thing, good thing he's got that true social going for him right now. We got a lot of news to get to, everyone. I want to welcome you to the program. I'm Trish Regan. We're brought to you, as always, by our friends at Legacy Precious Metals. This is quite the story. So this just is hot off the presses. Moments ago, we learned that a gentleman down in Florida is being arrested for allegedly, allegedly hacking into Fox. His name is Timothy Burke, and he was apparently some kind of media consultant. And he is allegedly in trouble for hacking and then leaking a whole series of these kind of unflattering videos of Tucker Carlson behind the scenes. You know, something that not everybody knows is that, hey, you know, we, we anchors, we have our downtime, and when there's a commercial, we let loose. <laughs> and all I could say is, if that's the worst Tucker does when he's totally letting loose, then, uh, hey, power to him, right? I, I mean, the, the videos weren't that terrible. I know that the left was making a lot out of them. I didn't think they were so crazy. I mean, he was joking around with a makeup artist. He said some some comments on pronouns, et cetera. It, he, it wasn't as awful as one could have been, for sure. But it was weird because as soon as he was gone, they, they let him go. And then all this stuff started coming out. And so the question was, well, is Fox leaking this? Or what was happening? And so now... Allegedly, this guy hacked into the systems, but that that seems um, a little bit out there. His his attorney, you know, both sides here, both sides, and this is actually where it gets kind of bizarre and extraordinarily interesting because his attorney is saying, "No, no, no, these tapes were leaked to him." In other words, he had the right to run with these because he was a journalist, and somebody who was a source gave these to him. So if that's the case, then you got to ask, well, who the heck was the person that gave him the tapes? I'm going to quote here from the CNN article, the charges against Mr. Burke, who denied breaking the law through his lawyers, filed a Justice Department criminal hacking probe, which was opened last year after previously unaired videos from Carlson's former Fox News show surfaced online. In one aired clip posted by Vice in 2022, Kanye West was seen making some anti-Semitic remarks to Carlson the following year, Carlson was fired. And some people are saying maybe some of this behind-the-scenes footage may have contributed. It did so happen that there was this lefty site out there that posted these behind-the-scenes footage of Carlson making some not-so-great remarks, not very kosher remarks, joking with staff, and then, of course, (laughs) denigrating the Fox Nation streaming service, which, by the way... You know, we hear him on that one, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just shocked. The grand jury indictment, it goes on to say, accused Burke and an unidentified second individual of using, quote, compromised credentials to gain unauthorized access to protected computers and then obtaining, quote, and stealing desired information. Listen, it is, it is bizarre. The whole thing is just absolutely bizarre. That's all I can say. A lot more questions. Meanwhile, a board member over there at Fox who clearly does not seem to like Tucker very much, that would be Paul Ryan, big-time politician turned board member at Fox News. Paul Ryan went and did an interview with the Washington Post, same outlet, by the way, that broke that story, that broke the story about the Florida guy, 
allegedly hacking and stealing this information. Uh, he went on with uh, Washington Post, and he did this little interview in which he totally slams Tucker. And he, by the way, slams Trump, and he slams anyone who doesn't want to be all in in terms of NATO, et cetera, right now. Anybody who's questioning it, right? You're not going to be in Paul Ryan's favor right about now. Watch. What, what worries me more, and not just Tucker, but that's a symptom of all this, is that they're curating sympathy in America. And, and they're, they're helping nurture and develop an isolationist wing in my party and in our country, which I think is very, very dangerous. They're developing, you know, uh, people who want to see NATO reduced or NATO not adhered to. Um, obviously, President, former President Trump is pushing this line as well. So what I very much worry about is they're, they're, they're helping curate a line of thought, a school of thought that is isolationist, that is pro-Putin, pro-Russia, pro-tyranny at the end of the day. And that is extremely dangerous for, for, for all democracy, but for us as ourselves, democracy. And so what I see Tucker is this one little chapter in that story. Um, I didn't watch that whole interview. I watched a little bit of it, but it just looked like a kind of an infomercial for Putin to be able to push his propaganda. Hmm. You know, even if it was, let's go with you for a second, Paul, who, by the way, is not a journalist. Don't you want to hear the propaganda? I mean, we got our own propaganda. Everybody's got, you've got your propaganda. It's actually worth understanding where everybody's coming from, what they're actually spinning, using whatever you know to be true, and to try and get to the bottom of it. I mean, any decent journalist would tell you that. Any decent journalist. But, you know, they're all freaking out because guess what? Somebody else got the interview, not them. He went on to complain just a little bit more. And uh, the reporter pointed out, you know, you're on the board. You're still on the board of Fox, correct? Yes. And do, you, do you feel as if Fox could do a better job of promoting some of the values that you are talking about? Well, uh, we, we do quite a bit. I mean, obviously, as you know, Tucker no longer works at Fox, and he was he was let go. He's getting that out there again. Details of that, other than what 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 Fox they have. There's opinion, and then there's news, and news reports all of these aspects. And there are people with opinions that give their opinions. And look, I am in the minority of my party right now. I'm not in the establishment. I'm frankly an anti-establishment Republican. Mm. And you, I think you can safely argue, I don't enjoy acknowledging this, that Trump is the establishment and Trump populism is the establishment. And that Trump populism is this more isolationist strain that I think is wrong and, and dangerous and I, I don't support. But that does represent um, a large swath of Republican voters. And so you will see opinions um, representing that majority, that establishment, um, um, that, that current present day establishment. You're still mm -hmm. on the board of Fox, correct? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he is still on the board of Fox. And he got a couple dings in it, Tucker. And uh, I, I just have a feeling, I haven't talked to Tucker about this, but I, I just have a feeling that he might have some of these choice words to say for little Paul Ryan. I mean, I don't want to put words in his mouth. These are the words he used, of course, to describe Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace, who was really angry about that Putin interview as well. Take a look. This is Tucker. What? Now, let me ask you this. Before the Fox unwinded. Wrong one. Um, you mean I got fired? Uh, all right. Well, I wanted to play you the one. We'll play you this one, too. Where? Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. This is, this is what we knew was coming. When I debated him, I said, how come? And this was in front of probably not a friend of yours, Chris Wallace. He was the moderator. Not a friend. One of those bitchy little, little man. Father. A little fussy man. <laughs> All right, that's what I wanted, because I have a feeling he might have something sort of similar to say for little Paul Ryan as well. Just think, just think. And again, don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm guessing there's not a ton of love lost there. Anyway, I'll, I'll let him describe this. This is how it all went down. He says he's fine with the Murdochs. I don't, you know, I mean, hey, look. It's just business, right? At the end of the day, it's just business. And he had the view that it was not being well run as a business. And that was in part because of some of the management, which might have included some of the commentary coming from the peanut gallery, which would be Paul Ryan. Anyway, take a listen to Tucker saying this uh, on his own show, actually, just uh, shortly after this all went down. Similar. What? Now, let me ask you this. Before the Fox unwinded. Um, you mean I got fired? Yes. 
Did you think you, like, were you uh, ardent, like, go Fox, go guy? Or did My view on Fox hasn't really changed. They let me say whatever I want, whatever I wanted, really, for 14 years. And I, I'll never stop being grateful for that. And then, obviously, I said too much. And I'm not exactly sure what I said that was bad. No one ever told me. But one day, they're like, oh, can't have this anymore. And they fired me. And I even told them as they were firing me, like, it's your business. I made a Ben up, never work for anyone else again. And, and I never will. But um, I can't be mad about it. I mean, they were they were great to me. The Murdochs were always nice to me. And uh, and one day, for whatever reason, they'd had enough. So I wasn't, my feelings weren't hurt. I was not expecting it. So were you, like, when, for, for me, when I was with Penn, I knew there were things it's like, oh, I can't go there. They made that clear. Did you feel like at Fox you could say whatever you want? Well, there was always internal. Pu- I mean, they, the Murdochs were always not. They never got in my way at all. They were always super nice to me. But there were, you know, small. Mo- it's a company run by fearful women. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there were always like, neck, you know, second tier people who were hassling my producers. But no one ever called me. I got along with everybody. But I mean, I think they knew like the, the censorship is that's not like I'm not. Don't yeah. welcome that. You right. know, so. um but they never actually got in the way of anything. Our view on the war in Ukraine was really, really hated. I could feel it. And my view was not pro-Russia, never has been pro-Russia. Just like, this is not our fight. It's not good for us. We should just put an end to the war because people die in war. I've seen it. It's bad. And just saying that was considered like crazy pro-Kremlin propaganda. And they were very mad about that. But to their credit, they never said anything to me about it directly. I could just smell it. And uh, so I, I really just don't have any complaints. And I will say... And I know that you've experienced this. You know it's true. Being humiliated in public, being fired, I have been a couple of times, is totally good for you <laughs> in the end. Because it keeps you from thinking you're Jesus or, like, getting, like, super crazy hubris guy, you know? I would think with you, it would have increased. So I, we, we'd similar. What? Now, let me ask you this. Before the Fox unwinded. And you mean I got fired? Yeah. <laughs> Did you think you like, were you, uh, you know, he, he said some kind like, of interesting stuff, right? Because he actually alluded to exactly what Paul Ryan was just getting at. In other words, he said we had a totally different viewpoint on Ukraine. Look, I've been there, done that, seen that. And I totally agree with him on absolutely everything. Look, it is just business at the end of the day. And we're all adults. And you know what? You work for someone. Those are the risks you take. I mean, you don't really think that your own employer is going to just, you know, be that, that bad and give you that big a kick in the pants on the way out the door but they're a competitive bunch and you know whatever (laughs) i think we're all happy that we're not there anymore i would also just say that he likely much like i had a different view on everything that happened in 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 the days of coronavirus and covid you get the market tank in 2000 and the president president trump was shutting down the whole nation i'm like "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa whoa i think this is getting a little little too crazy right because you knew they were going to politicize it, which is exactly what they did. And I, f- I warned of that. And then that was that. So I got to say what I wanted, I guess. And then that was that. It's better over here, is it not? Reminder to subscribe. Subscribe to the show. I'm here every day live with you. We are growing and growing and growing. I mean, we're up over 200,000 right now. And this is just, this is our, just our little thing, you know, that we, we just... Started uh, not not that long ago, right here on YouTube. But you heard him reference Tucker, reference Paul Ryan, and his view, if you would, on Ukraine. And I think that that probably had to have been at least some of the sticking points. There's something else too. What what worries me more, and not just Tucker, and that's a symptom of all this, is that they're curating sympathy in America. And, and they're, they're helping nurture and develop an isolationist wing in my party and in our country, which I think is very, very dangerous. Okay, they're developing- but again, is it, is it not somebody's right as a commentator, as a journalist, as an intellectual to explore all of these things? I mean, are we just supposed to take it? Whatever you say. Okay, whatever you say, mainstream media. Whatever you say, President Biden. Whatever you say. Okay, that's that? I, I mean, I, I just think it's high time we'd be, be able to ask these questions. And we're getting a little tired of being treated as we have been treated. And I mean, us collectively as Americans for not being able to ask these questions. I mean, Tucker went through it. I certainly went through it. You, you probably in some small way 
might have gone through it yourself, just in terms of the cancel culture, right, that we've all been living through. And so if you dare to speak up and say, hey, you know, like maybe this doesn't totally make sense to me, they're like, oh my gosh, how dare you? It's like sacrilegious. It's really, it's really kind of crazy. I mean, and he had a habit of doing this, right? Don't, don't forget, it wasn't just whatever was going on with Ukraine. He also was pointing out that there was only one narrative when it came to January 6th. One narrative only. I mean, I didn't realize it until more recently, and I've brought this story to you. The fact that Nancy Pelosi's daughter was the one who shot all the footage that we saw in a loop over and over and over again, because that's what they used in the J6 hearings. Well, Tucker was addressing some of these issues way back when, and he was getting in a lot of trouble for it. I mean, when you have a sitting U.S. senator on the floor there of the Capitol building saying this, none other than Chuck Schumer, probably calling his friend Paul Ryan, I think Tucker's days were pretty numbered. Watch. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. Hmm. <laughs> There's nothing that shameful that has ever appeared on American television in the history of the medium. And so, on the basis of that, the self-evident outrage of showing the public video that it paid for and has a right to see, Chuck Schumer called for the censorship of that video. Any information, and he did not dispute that it was accurate, the damages a storyline his party constructed and used must be squelched. And Schumer was explicit on that point. Because that video contradicted lies told by the Democratic Party, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, Chuck Schumer demanded that our bosses pull this show off the air. He's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. I urge Fox News to order Carlson to cease propagating the big lie on his network and to level with their viewers about the truth, the truth behind the efforts to mislead the public. Conduct like theirs is just asking for another January 6th to happen. Okay. So you wonder why he was shown the door. I mean, my gosh. My gosh. And then, you know, the whole Dominion thing. It's not like Paul Ryan was any kind of outstanding manager or the the, the other guy, the lawyer guy, who was actually the former... Um, architect and author of the Patriot Act. This is the guy that's making millions and millions and millions of dollars a year to keep Fox out of trouble. And somehow they still wound up having to pay $787 million to Dominion. And they got Smartmatic coming down the path as well for like $2 billion. I mean, wow, way to go. Cracker Jack lawyer that guy was. Paul Ryan, a winner you are. You're so worried about everything. And yet your company winds up in some really deep you know what. And by the way, don't think that this has not been noticed by investors. They got like multiple problems over there, right? So you got management that can't run the place. You got a board member out there who can't run the place. They got rid of the lawyer. They had to pay him a gigantic parachute to have him go away. They've gotten rid of a lot of talent. Good, good talent, right? Subscribe. Don't forget. They've gotten rid of a lot of talent. Maybe that saves them some money. I don't know. And they're facing a climate in which this is the medium of the future. That's why they were so desperate with Fox Nation. They wanted to make it work, right? Because they're recognizing that this is actually how content is going to come to people in the future. So they got all these odds stacked against them along with all these big hurdles legally and possibly more fines coming by way of Smartmatic. So you look at the stock price and is it no wonder that it's, I mean, it was like 30 bucks or so just a 
a couple of weeks ago and now trading down around 27, 28. I mean, it was up a teeny, teeny bit today, but everything was up today, right? Today was a great day in the markets. So uh, Fox is challenged. That would be class B shares because I believe the family holds most of the A shares. Really, really challenged right now. Um, You know who else I think is going to be more and more challenged? It's Letitia James. Letitia James is the district attorney of New York City. And I I think you probably know her well. She's the one that's so proud of getting that 345, (laughs) dyslexic moment for you, $354 million fine against Donald Trump. And, you know, normally in a situation like this, what would happen is Donald Trump would have 30 days to come up with the money, but she doesn't want him to have 30 days. She's like, I want this money now. I want it now. He's like, ah. Jess, we're going to get into uh, my favorite um, DA in a moment, but uh, do you do you see yourself as a potential political prisoner in the United States because that's their goal is to put you in jail behind your bars, right, to the, to the rest, for the rest of your life? If you I were that? losing in the polls... They wouldn't even be talking about me, and I wouldn't have had any legal fees. If you had retired from politics, would all these cases... If I were out, I think, although they hate me so much, I think if I got out, they'd still, let's pursue this guy. We can't stand this guy. Look, I won an election that wasn't supposed to be winnable. I then did much better the second time. I won't get into it, but I did because of Fox. But I I did a much better job the second time. We got millions and millions of more votes the second time. And now we're doing much better than we did the second time and the first time almost put together. Are you are you a potential political prisoner, sir? Well, I think because of the fact that I'm doing so well, that I'm beating Biden at a level that they've never seen before. This is not supposed to happen. You know, it's much easier for a Democrat to run much easier than All right, we're going to take a quick break. We have a lot more on this and on this topic and a lot more. You know, he's he's facing a lot of challenges, right? They're coming at him every which way. You got Fannie Willis. She's a trip down in Fulton County, Georgia. Ooh, she may wind up in all kinds of other deep, deep, deep trouble herself. You got Jack Smith in D.C. You got the state of Colorado, for goodness sakes. It has to go all the way to the Supreme Court. And even the most liberal people on the Supreme Court are like, gee, this is pretty stupid. So I think that's going to be unanimous against Colorado. And then you have what's going on in New York. Just unbelievable. It will be appealed. He's going to appeal this. You cannot... Say to someone, you're going to pay $354 million when there was no victim, when everybody came out just fine. I mean, what is the, what is the point of that? I find it amazing, too, because Letitia James is taking issue with how much he was valuing his homes and his property at. He thinks Mar-a-Lago is worth a lot of money, right? And uh, I'm pretty sure that this guy, Hunter Biden, thinks that, His little paintings are worth a lot of money. In fact, some members of the Democrat Party think they're worth so much they paid $500,000 for that little guy on the right. That little doodle on the right, $500,000, which means, forgive me, it's not $18 million that she was estimating Mar-a-Lago. That would be the gigantic property, oceanfront on the left, Gold Coast, Palm Beach. No, no, she thinks it's worth $17 million, or in other words, $34 of Hunter's paintings. I mean, come on, ladies and gentlemen. What would you say? What do you think? Look, this is political, and that is what is so disgusting about all of it. She wanted to go and get him, and she told us that from the very beginning. I want to give uh, some credit to our friends over at Grabian, grabian grabian.com, that gathers a lot of these sound bites, and they strung together something that's, well, let's just say not going to make Letitia look very good, or at least perhaps... Well, maybe to her crowd it would. It shows you just how rapidly political this woman really is. He's called me venomous. We will fight back to your attempt to bring Trumpism to New York City. He's called me disgraceful. called me radical. Listen, yes. we know he's crazy. Yeah. We know he doesn't have a sound mind. Yeah. We know he's out of control. Yeah. We know he's losing it. Yeah. We know his days are numbered and we will come together. He's called
called me a racist. We've got to stand up to an enemy. Doesn't that scare you? Just a little bit? It scares me because it, it, it's basically saying that someone can build an entire political career and run for office based off getting someone else, a former president, mind you. And not only did she do that, she was actually successful in the first round. And he's got to come up with $354 million. Again, he's, he's lucky he's got this true social because we'll see how it all shakes out. But true social is worth some $4 billion by the latest estimate this week. The SEC just proved, approved the merger with DWAC, the SPAC deal that they were doing with Digital Acquisition World Corporation. I mean, that's a lot of money, right? So he'll have maybe the, I would say he's good credit risk at this point. Deutsche Bank, go get Deutsche Bank on the line again. <laughs> and you know what? He can say, gee, I have $4 billion. I own 78% of this company. And then Letitia's going to come out of the woodwork and she's going to say, oh, I don't think it's worth that much. I don't know. I'm just joking, you guys. But this is so insane. This is so crazy. And she is a highly political person that has clearly no, no ethics. And, and I think that that's what's getting so troubling here. This, this loss of sort of who we are as a society, our ability to converse fairly, directly, without such extreme passion, right? To just have an intellectual, respectful dialogue. Clearly, you can't do that. Not about some things. I mean, Paul Ryan makes that clear. Senator Schumer makes that clear. And the more you push, the more you try and provoke, well, off with their head, off with their head. And it's happening to everyone, whether you're a journalist in the line of fire, whether you're just the everyday person that, you know, gets caught in the wrong situation, you possibly said the wrong thing, or did you look at somebody the wrong way? Or gosh darn it, did you put a Trump sign on your lawn? (laughs) I mean, the fact that he's ahead of the balls, think about what that says right now. Because people are, they're afraid. They're afraid to actually say what they think. And this is indeed a, a problem. There's a story that's just coming into us right now. Just breaking at this moment, courtesy of the Associated Press, the ex-FBI source accused of lying about the Bidens and having Russian contacts is returned to U.S. custody. A former FBI informant accused of lying about multi-million dollar bribery allegations against President Joe Biden and his son, Hunter, it writes, and purportedly having links to Russian intelligence, was taken into custody Thursday, two days after a judge said he could be freed ahead of trial. So wait a second, they were going to free the guy ahead of trial, and now they're taking him into custody again. The arrest during a meeting today, this morning, with his lawyers, the AP writes, comes after prosecutors appealed a ruling allowing the 43-year-old Alexander Smirnov, who holds dual citizen U.S. and Israeli citizenship, to be released with a GPS monitor ahead of a trial saying that he he lied to the FBI. And, And now they're not letting him go, even with the GPS tracker. I mean, this doesn't look good, all right? I mean, it just doesn't look good. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, it really, really... So this guy apparently was the informant who went to the FBI. He was a trusted informant, however. That's what's amazing. He was a longtime trusted informant. He had been there since the Obama days, and he was getting the scoop on this, that, and the other over in Ukraine, and he had some scoop that Joe Biden had had some conversations with the Burisma executive, the CEO, and that maybe those conversations had been recorded. And so this scoop came forward. And that's what he's being arrested about because they're saying, no, 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 you were lying. You were lying. That's not true. And so then he was going to be let go and he was going to be able to just hang out at home with his GPS tracker on until trial. And now they're like, nope, we're taking you back into U.S. custody. If they hadn't been the same group of people that told us the Hunter Biden laptop was fake, if they hadn't been the same group of people that tried to tell us there's no way, no how, no possible way you can entertain the idea that the coronavirus might have come from that Wuhan lab in China where they were studying it, if if they might have said, hey, maybe the, the dossier 
bought and paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign, by the way. Maybe that's not checking out. Then maybe you'd say, okay, I'm going to believe you. But it's like the little boy who cried wolf. And by the way, this is the most dangerous thing for a society because when you lose that faith and trust in the government, what do you got? Then we're no different than Russia, frankly. And I have friends that have lived there or grew up, and they'll say all the time, they don't trust anyone, right? They do not trust the government at all. And what, what's becoming of us? We can't trust our government when they keep on lying to us. When you have to go to alternative sources, as you are, and I'm proud of you guys for doing, like this one right here, to get the truth, that's really saying something. So again, breaking news right now, they're not going to let the FBI informant, who was like a stellar source, according to the intel documents that I have read, this guy was somebody that they relied on, and now, because he might have gotten in a bad spot, because he dared to go after Joe, poor Joe, Now suddenly he can't even get out with his GPS tracker? Think about that. Think about where we are and what that means. Meanwhile, good day on Wall Street. Did you see? Check this out. Woo! NVIDIA, AI, (laughs) delivering, delivering, delivering. I mean, AI is just incredible. And they're saying like, this is just, there's going to be more and more and more to come. And so companies that are involved in this are doing very, very well. I want to give a plug for our friends over at Legacy Precious Metals. First sponsor on this show, you know, these guys, Legacy Precious Metals. Look, if you're interested in diversifying your portfolio, these are the people that you really do need to call. 1-866-589-0560. 1-866-589-0560. 589 The S&P 500 just having a tremendous day. But you know what? Everybody had a tremendous day because I'm looking at gold right now. And that ended the day slightly higher as well. $2,034.30 an ounce. So uh, crude oil actually up as well. 78 bucks there. But the Dow Jones Industrial Average closing out the day up better than 1%. And the S&P up better than 2%. So again, diversification, always important. Give our friends over there a ring. This is really, really an amazing time. I'm just sick to my stomach at times over it because I cannot believe, I cannot believe the kind of corruption that is, in my estimation, happening right beneath our very eyes, right? I mean, let's, let's take a look at uh, Joey's brother here, Jimmy. <laughs> Over there on Capitol Hill. Well, he started yesterday. This would be James. So he started yesterday. He's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. My brother certainly didn't do anything. Uh Uh Interesting that they are arresting this informant, just as these guys are like, I didn't do anything. Except that, you know, there's these, these problems, you see. Apparently, everything he said didn't really check out. And uh, I got I to gotta show you this little clip from uh, an excellent Fox reporter, actually. Uh, she does a lot of print work for them. And she was reporting on all these contradictions that are happening. I'm going to show you this. And you see Matt Gates saying it didn't make sense. You see Andy Biggs saying it didn't make sense. What James Biden is saying apparently doesn't make any sense. Lawmakers say First Brother James Biden contradicted himself yesterday when presented with evidence he could not refuse. Brooke Singman is here with the details. Hi, Brooke. Hey, guys. Yeah, James Biden originally claimed he had no involvement in Hunter's business deals, but his story came crumbling down when lawmakers confronted him with a copy of an agreement with his own signature on it. The president's brother says he doesn't remember signing it, but lawmakers are not buying it. Listen. What's your overall assessment of James Biden's testimony today? Interesting. Was it truthful? He contradicted himself. There's this CPFC entity that was paying a lot of money, Chinese connected. Uh, it was going into the Biden family's bank accounts. And he, he tried to pretend as though he didn't know that CEFC was connected to the Chinese government. James insisting his brother has no ties to the family business deal, saying, quote, in his opening statement, I have had a 50-year career in a variety of business ventures. Joe Biden has never had any involvement or any direct or indirect financial interest in those activities. None. I've relied only on my own talent, judgment, skill, and personal relationships, and never my status as Joe Biden's brother. But again, lawmakers are not too sure about that. Just with Hunter, just with Jim, because of the...
You want to see that? Well, you want to see the rest of that? Let me fast forward himself. and get you back to Because Jim Jordan is pretty explosive on all this stuff. Makers are not too sure about that. Just with Hunter, just with Jim, because of the power of the brand, the influence with Joe Biden that that would entail. We have numerous WhatsApp messages and emails provided to us by the IRS whistleblowers that show James Biden was intimately involved along Hunter, Tony Bobolinsky, Rob Walker and others in selling access to his brothers to foreigners. Hunter Biden is up next in the Biden impeachment inquiry, and he will testify next week on Wednesday. Guys. Woo! Okay, party. It's a date, guys, all right? We're going to be here on Wednesday because this is going to be very interesting to see what Hunter Biden has to say on all of this. I mean, I'm just kind of curious about this little number here. I mean, James, the brother, apparently threw out that diamond that Hunter got. Think of how weird that is. So the guy who's the CEO of C. EFC, the Chinese natural gas company, because of course you can promote all the bad energy you want from Romania and Ukraine and China. It's just, we have to be green here, right? So he's, he's doing this deal with this natural gas company out of China with direct links, by the way, to the CCP. And the guy knows he's just gotten a divorce and stuff and he meets him in Florida for dinner and he gives him a diamond, a diamond that was worth some 80 some odd dollars. I've got more on all of that. But there was also this loan thing that went down. James Biden apparently gave his brother $200,000. And yet there was no like documentation, even though they're like, it was just a loan. It was just, it's like Fanny saying, hey, you know what? I, I pay my boyfriend back whenever we go on a cruise or out to dinner in cash. No record of it. No record. <laughs> okay. So he's like, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. I don't even know what CEFC is, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to this thing. I mean, look at this. This is something that was found on the laptop. The laptop that, remember, was supposed to be fake. The laptop that belonged to Hunter that the left tried to tell us was Russian misinformation being fed to us courtesy of Rudy Giuliani was not under investigation. Well, it was. indeed, under investigation. And one of the things that has come up is this. This is courtesy of the Daily Mail that had access to the laptop, and they're pointing out that there was this diamond and a picture of it and the whole thing right there on the computer. 3.616 carats. My gosh. It's weird. It's really weird. But now I'm like just thinking that the whole family is kind of messed up. I mean, the whole darn family because it's not just the kids it's not just the the uncle the brother the dad it's the dogs as well i mean didn't we just go through this didn't we just have to lose a dog named major and then they they replaced major with the puppy named commander commander's a problem ladies and gentlemen commander's bitten 24 people and actually before you laugh It's actually serious. This is a German shepherd, and the German shepherd was getting in the way of Secret Service just being able to do their job. I mean, it's so bad that at one point they had to close down the east wing because there was blood everywhere. Unbelievable story. Here's a clip. CNN did some reporting on this. I want you to take a peek. The Biden family's German shepherd commander has been involved in at least 24 biting incidents involving the U.S. Secret Service, according to newly obtained documents obtained by CNN. CNN senior White House producer Betsy Klein joins us now in her lead debut. And Betsy, some incidents with Commander had been previously reported, but these records paint a picture of a of a much larger issue, really. That's right, Jake. You'll remember CNN reported in the fall that the president's German Shepherd commander was involved in dozens of biting incidents that was White House personnel, members of Secret Service, residents, staff, and others. And it became such a problem that the first family eventually had to send the dog to live with other family members. And after that, my colleague Camilla, Camilla DeShalas sent a Freedom of Information request to the Secret Service to really better understand what was going on here. And today we got back hundreds of documents detailing the nature of the bites over a full year. And there were at least 24 
four specific incidents with the Secret Service. And I want to read you this email from an unnamed assistant, assistant special agent in charge to his team on the Presidential Protective Division. Now, these are the agents that most closely protect the president and his family. He says, the recent dog bites have challenged us to adjust our operational tactics when commander is present. Please give lots of room. He added that agents must be creative to ensure our own personal safety. So, Betsy, did the White House send commander to live with family immediately after this? Well, no, Jake. I mean, Commander actually remained at the White House for more than three months after this email was sent, and there were multiple incidents in that time. And exactly one month after that email, an agent working at the Biden's Rehoboth Beach, Delaware home was bit in the backyard as he walked to his post. And a report we got from that incident said that it caused a severe, deep, open wound, that the agent started to lose a significant amount of blood. That agent was treated by the White House medical unit, got six stitches. And we learned that more than 10 of these total incidents required medical treatment. What is wrong with these people? Seriously, what is wrong with the Bidens? Why would you keep a dog that has bitten so many people so severely? Are you that entitled? I'm sorry. You know what? I love dogs. I have a wonderful dog. Some of you have met Fluffy. I have a fantastic dog. My dog is a Maltese. So Fluffy's not doing any damage, okay? <laughs> Let's just be clear. But if Fluffy were a big, giant major or commander like these German shepherds and I hadn't ever trained him, and then the dog was out there biting people, you think that I'm going to keep that dog? Knowing that the danger that that dog presents to other human beings? And Joe keeps the dog! I got to say, like, at some point, it it tells you something about him, right? Like, that is a reflection on his character, because this is not the first time, ladies and gentlemen, Major had to get sent away because Major was biting everybody. So then they go out and get a new puppy, and now this puppy grows up and is biting everyone some more, and they keep the thing right there on the property, endangering the Secret Service agents, and by the way, frankly, just endangering the country. You're endangering the country, by the way, Joe Biden, by the fact that you have such significant, obvious, I know I'm not a doctor, but it's getting pretty obvious, mental decline. That's bad enough. But also think about if, if, if Secret Service can't protect the president because they're afraid of his dog, and heck, I'd be, then we don't really have a fully in command, commander-in-chief. But um, I mean, we, he's not fully in command anyway, right? We, we know that. We know that. I mean, look, I, I'm just telling you, there's, there's a lot of problems there in this administration. A lot of problems. And policy is one of the top ones. I mean, for goodness sakes, he's out there pushing those student loans again. You think that's fair? I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair one bit. And he still hasn't come up with a budget. We've got a State of the Union that he already postponed. Let's see if he makes it till March for the State of the Union. I sat down with Kurt Couchman from Americans for Prosperity. He's a budget guru. He loves budgets. So anyway, we just spoke just a couple moments ago, actually, maybe a couple hours ago. And, and I asked him to weigh in on this whole thing with the president and these darn handouts that he wants to give. I mean, money that we just don't have, ladies and gentlemen. I, I wanted to take a look at this. And then, and then, we got to talk about the shoes. Yeah, Joe Biden's going to wear sneakers now all the time because he can't get around his dress shoes. <laughs> we got problems. We got problems right here in, what, what was that, Music Man in River City? I'll remember it. I'll remember it. Now I'm turning into him now, right? All right, check it out. Kurt Couchman from Americans for Prosperity. We just spoke about these issues, the policy front moments ago. Kirk Couchman, great to see you from Americans for Prosperity. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks so much for having me, Trish. You're a senior fellow over there. You specialize in uh, budgets. So my kind of guy. I want to start here. uh, Just some news that has come our way. The president of the United States has a grand idea that somehow we should be paying for everybody's education. I find it 
a little bit troubling, just a little bit troubling, but uh, you know, he's not giving up on this. He really needs those kids, those young kids, you know, they're, they're just not, not liking him the way perhaps he thought. It feels to me to be like severely irresponsible from an economic perspective. I'd like you to hear him and get your reaction. Early in my term, I announced a major plan to provide millions of working families with debt relief for their college students. Tens of millions of people in debt were literally about to be canceled, their debts. But my MAGA Republican friends in the Congress, elected officials and special interests, stepped in and sued us. And the Supreme Court blocked it. It blocked it. But that didn't stop me. I announced we were going to pursue alternative paths for student debt relief uh, for as many borrowers as possible. And that's the effort that's been underway the last two years. Putting the blame game out there. He still wants the money. Your reaction? There is so much to unpack with that. I mean, the law that he tried to shoehorn this student loan forgiveness or really transfer to taxpayers was not meant for this. It was meant to provide relief to service members who are deploying abroad. And this administration manipulated mm-hmm. that for crass political gain or an attempt at that. And the Supreme Court said, that's not what the law is for. You can't do that. And so that's what he was complaining about there. But getting to the, the morality or the ethics of this whole situation, you're talking about people that voluntarily decided to take on debt to finance their education so that they could have higher earnings and a better life, hopefully. And then suddenly they're not going to be responsible for their actions and the debt is going to be transferred on to all of the other taxpayers, whether they went to college, whether they paid off their debt, whether they worked through school. It's just not fair. And it's pretty outrageous that he's saying that his attempted giveaway being blocked is itself unfair when it's actually the fair thing to say, no, you, you pay your bills uh, and you, you don't take on debts unless you're going to be able to uh, finance them later on. I mean, it's just not fair to everybody else. And, you know, look, I, 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 I'm an example of that. I put myself through school. I was working during much of that time. And I can remember I actually broke out in hives. I was a junior. I had gone back to school, transferred. I was a music major, New England Conservatory. You were a music major too? Vocal performance, Indiana oh, University oh of Pennsylvania. Oh my goodness <laughs> gracious. Yeah. Tenor, baritone? Tenor. <laughs> so we got to do level M or something one day. I was a, I was also a vocal performance. Look at this. See, you know what? We did the right thing. We got some common sense and said, we're going to do the opposite of opera. We're going to focus right. on economics and budgets and uh, <laughs> the boring stuff, which actually has turned into such a circus. I, I say it is like Turando or something, right? You've got like an operatic, Puccini operatic uh, event going on every day in DC. That's hysterical. I didn't know that about you, Kurt. Very rare that I meet another singer. But point being, I'm like a junior at Columbia, having given up music and everything, and I was trying to get a job at Goldman Sachs, which I got, but in the process was like covered in hives, stress hives, because I was so scared and I was so, you know, like, because I had all this money on the line. You, You take out a lot of loans to go to school and I knew that I had to be able to pay them back. The idea that somehow you don't have to be responsible, that's wild. It's not right. And and what's even worse about it is that they're trying to take responsibility off of people who are supposed to be responsible, transferring it to other people, and then adding to all the fiscal responsibility, piling up the debt, acting like, you know, that the bill will never come due and that the federal government can just print money and spend money forever with no consequence. And that hasn't been the last couple of years, and it certainly won't be the next couple of decades. You want to change that. Some people in Washington want to change that. You had a recent piece. I, I want to just, I, I read it. I thought it was very interesting. It's one of the reasons why you're on the show today with the Daily Caller News Foundation. And you were writing about Senator Ernst, Representative Buddy Carter, teaming up because they have this idea that maybe there should be some accountability in terms of budgets. I should point out, you know, we're still waiting. We've got a State of the Union coming up. It got postponed a bit. We're hoping Joe can make it, by the way, hoping, hoping. Um, and we still don't have a budget. He did this last year, too. A lot of presidents do this, and it kind of feels unfortunate and unfair. I mean, look, I, I'm kind of just a simple business reporter that's used to earnings. And if a company were going to say, yeah, we're not going to give you our earnings this quarter, well, there would be ATWL to pay, and shareholders would be going nuts. And yet here we just take it. We're like, oh, yeah, you can postpone the State of the Union. And, oh, you don't have a budget yet. Oh, so what? That doesn't seem right. 
It's not right. And so it's great to see Senator Ernst and Representative Carter proposing this legislation. And what they would do, it's about accountability. It's also about putting teeth into statutes that uh, presidents have ignored for a long time. And it's uh, finally, it's about putting Congress back at the center of our constitutional order. Uh, mm -hmm. Not entirely. No one thing can do that, but moving mm -hmm. in that direction. And the way they would do that is by saying, look, the law requires the president to submit a budget request to Congress and a national security strategy to Congress, both on the first Monday in February each year. The budget requests have been late all throughout this presidency, all throughout uh, a number of years. And um, the national security strategies only come once per presidential term these days. Once every four years, the world changes a lot more than that. And so they say, look, Mr. President, you want to give the State of the Union address? That's great, but you're not going to get to do it until you send us these materials that we really need to do our work in a timely way. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like we're asking for much here, Kurt. <laughs> you need to have the basics put into place. Are they going to get anywhere with this? I mean, it seems to me to be kind of a common sense, logical thing. But then again, common sense doesn't always fly. Well, this is uh, an idea that went from concept to legislation in less than a year. Uh, so it's moving fast. Uh, everyone that I have talked about it with uh, thinks it makes a ton of sense. It's such a layup from Congress's perspective. Um, I don't know whether it will precede this Congress, but in the future years, I expect uh, Congress will be very much interested in this, no matter who the president is. Yeah. This is just a good government thing. What do you think are the biggest things to look out for? Where are the biggest traps in his budget proposal, other than perhaps something coming back for student loans. I don't know. He's going to have to fight the Supreme Court on that one. But where, where do you think people should be sort of focused? Well, the first thing to think about is this is a presidential election year. And so um, I think the president and his team are trying to reset the media narrative after this appropriations process that was supposed to be done in September or August even mm -hmm. uh, finally wraps up. It's expected to in the next couple of weeks. And they want to reset it on a positive note so they can promote the president's agenda. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see a lot more of what we've seen in the past, which is a lot more spending, a lot more tax increase proposals, and a lot more picking winners and losers, like favoring some industries and then putting the burden on disfavored industries, even if they do provide, you know, important, reliable things that Americans depend on. Yeah, energy. Uh, this administration <laughs> has its, uh, its enemies and its friends. I don't have a problem with green energy. I just want energy. Energy, 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 which means you can't Abundance. just say we're going to ignore the stuff that we actually have, and especially at a time when we're dealing with such a challenged environment internationally. It just doesn't even make any sense. Kurt, thank you so much for being here. Hey, just quick reminder. Hey, you can get more information on what Kurt's doing here. Prosperityispossible.com. I love that. What a great URL, you guys. Prosperityispossible.com. Help Kurt enjoy this effort there to really kind of, you know, force a little discipline, shall we say, on Washington. Very good to see you. Thank you so much, my friend. Good to see you, too. You know, it's interesting. If you think about it, my, my choice of words there, discipline, right? Discipline on Washington. Maybe a little discipline on Joe and that darn dog. I'm still just stunned by this. I mean, not to mention that poor Joe Biden needs to be woken up by his tabby cat every morning. According to the story in the Daily Mail, I talked with you guys about that yesterday. It's just wild. I mean, he doesn't have an alarm clock. He's got a tabby cat that comes in and wakes him up. <laughs> Again, can we get a little discipline? Can we get can we get some alarm clocks and can we like train our dogs so that they're not biting people to the point where you have to close the east wing to the tours because the tours are going to see blood all over the floor? I mean, that's part of the documentation that came out. Unbelievable. I got it. it's unbelievable and I say this as a dog owner. Look, I get it. You love your dog and you'll do anything for your dog. But you got to train your dog. You got to be a responsible person. You can't, you can't. Like the minute that happened, wouldn't you go and get the necessary training to make sure that your dog was not going to do it again? You don't just laugh it off and say, oh, you know, he really loves me. I'm sorry, Joe. If that's what it takes for you, buddy, buddy, you know, you just don't belong as the president of this country. You just don't. Um, you know, I feel great. Some of you guys are like, oh, yeah, you look great. I know you liked that dress yesterday. <laughs> I feel pretty great. I feel great. And, you know, I'm thinking one of the reasons I may feel so great might have a little bit to do with balance of nature's fruit and veggies in a capsule. 
I recently started taking these actually. And it, you know, the, the product's actually kind of amazing, just an amazing story. Dr. Douglas Howard started it. Uh, you can read about it on its website there. Balance in Nature receives over a thousand success stories every single month. They have these capsules, they're fruit and veggies. They've been making them for the past 20 years and they got all these success stories. You can read about those on their website. The products are all gluten-free. They're non-GMO. They contain no sugars, no synthetics. You know, I think if you're looking for something to make you feel a little bit better naturally, then you should definitely take a look at this. Maybe consider giving them a try. Balance of nature. You can order it today, and whether you order it online or you call them directly, 1-800-246-8751, you got to use the promo code, okay, because you know I like a good deal. Use the discount code TRISH because you will get 35% off. So go to balancenature.com or call them, 1-800-246-8751. Use that discount code TRISH, okay? Yeah. I do feel good. I really do. I guarantee I feel better than Biden. (laughs) That's not saying a whole lot though right now. I mean, hey, at least I still wear my high heels. He's just trying to wear dress shoes and apparently he can't even do that. This has become a whole new thing. People were like, really? Do you have to report on that? They were saying to some of the media yesterday. And it's like, yeah, you know, because the president of the United States should not be going around in sneakers. The reason he's going around in sneakers is because everybody's just terrified he's going to fall. I mean, after the tabby cat wakes him up in the morning, he goes and has some breakfast with Jill, and then he goes to physical therapy. And I guess somebody maybe in the physical therapy department or elsewhere said, it's sneaker time all day long, baby. Take a look. Recently, the president and the White House have been trying to sort of play off the president's age as an asset and play up his experience. Uh, But when he was boarding Air Force One to head to California at Joint Base Andrews, he had a little bit of a stumble on the stairs, uh, heading up, heading up the stairs onto Air Force One. And he was wearing these dress shoes that we haven't seen him in as much recently. They've been putting him in sneakers uh, because we had noticed that Every time he's wearing the dress shoes seems to be when he is having issues on the stairs. Uh, But he wore those shoes and had a little bit of a stumble going up the stairs. So we will be watching to see if he switches out, switches back to the brand new black hokas that uh, he was spotted wearing in Delaware this past weekend, guys. You would think his team would put, you know, some sort of a grip on those stairs and put them in different shoes. Well, Jackie, and those were the shorter stairs because I I think he used to do the full flight and the White House changed that to the the shorter version, right? Can't somebody just carry him up the stairs? (laughs) I think that's an image that no one wants to see. Um, but, you know, typically they have him in the, the Cole Haan sneakers. They're like dress sneakers. And, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, a lot of people wear those, including on the Hill. They're, they're more comfortable. But, you know, the president, especially when he's going to events, uh, likes to wear dress shoes. And seeing him in the, the Cole Haan's has been sort of a recent development in the last six months. But for whatever reason, ditched the dress shoes yesterday and had a slight stumble. I wouldn't say it's the worst of what we've seen. Uh, but, but there's a heightened awareness whenever right. anything like this happens, yeah. guys. Well, he is 40 times two. So now they're making a joke about it. 40 times two plus one. Okay. Thank you so much. I mean, there are no words, right? Except that he's 81 years old. And nothing wrong with that. But in his particular case, he's an older 81. He's struggling to get up the stairs. I mean, he's fallen multiple times. Again, I, I hate to say this because I'm not a doctor, but I have known people, loved ones that have had dementia, and it's a really, really tough thing to see. And one of the things that happens is they start falling. So they need to keep an eye on him. He really should take a cognitive test. I, I think they're going to have a hard time taking the car keys away. I mean, he's getting kind of crotchety. He gets angry. He's letting his dog go running around biting people. I mean, Democrats, I'm shocked that they're, I am shocked that they allowed it to get this far and that they haven't said, you know what, we're primering you. Think about it. I mean, Reagan might never have won if the Democrats had realized how bad Carter was. And Carter was like a real spring chicken, right? (laughs) 
I want to go out to some of your comments. Really good to see all you guys here. I love you, Don. You are just the best at making sure everybody likes this and making sure everybody subscribes because he knows that I always forget to say that I get so interested in the content that I forget. Hey, 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 subscribe. But please do that because it's important for a whole lot of reasons. Judy saying, oh, he's really 199. <laughs> it feels that way sometimes. You know, there's some studies saying that you might be able to in not not so distant a future live to very old ages. Um, Dreaming in color is suggesting we get a material lift. I actually saw a meme on the internet last night about that. And I was going to bring it to you guys. And then I'm like, well, maybe it's kind of disrespectful. So I didn't, but we're going to talk about it anyway, since you brought it up. <laughs> it's like the stair lifter, you know, <laughs> and they just show them going up the stairs and, it may be getting to that. I don't know. Uh, Max EV, thank you so much. You know, I love you all too. I think that uh, we've gotten a nice little group here and we're getting bigger every day and I love it. And these are important stories that need to be talked about, right? And I'm loving that we're getting through because, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, I look back at my days on the mainstream media and this is why the, the Tucker story is kind of interesting to me because I, I just wonder what's really at play. I mean, in other words, this guy's saying he's innocent. He's innocent. He didn't hack into anything because he was given some codes. So somebody was like, here you go. And so he was doing his job as a journalist. So if it was an internal job, I mean, that's pretty sad, right? That was like an internal hit job. And I would just say, Tucker, you're lucky. I'm sure I've done much worse, you know, <laughs> because uh, the, the, the commercial comes on and you suddenly get a chance to relax. Hey, in this show, I don't get that because I am live streaming. And if you guys get commercials, the thing is like you, you pick up with me when I'm just live. I'm live all the way through. Sometimes you see me putting my lip gloss on. You see me gulping my water, by the way, live free or die. You can get these at trishregan.shop. Um, you know, it's just, it's a different medium. I like it. It's a very kind of, um, I think, raw and interesting and direct medium. So, you know, Jane watching from Florida, that guy was actually out of Florida. I think he was Tampa, Florida. And so he was just arraigned today. I mean, this is really, really something to get that indictment. <laughs> I think it was Steve Juicy. I'm just reading again. You guys are actually really funny. I don't know. I, I do think that they're... Is it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to find out who's involved, right? So now he's got to make his defense. Is he going to sit there and protect his sources and protect his sources and not tell us who at Fox might've given him the codes to do this? Is he going to say that he's, I mean, he's not saying I hacked. He's actually come out his lawyers via his lawyers and said he wasn't hacking. He was given these codes. And so he just went in and did that. And so his, his lawyers are trying to say like, well, then it's not illegal. I don't know. I mean, it's just very, it's, it's inside baseball stuff, but I'll tell you for a company that's struggling right now in the market on a day when everybody else is thriving, they, they may have some challenges ahead. Just a few smart manic being probably the biggest anyway. Hey, it's great to see you all. Did you, did you have any more time to think about VP stuff. I know, Don, you brought up a really interesting point. Don was saying that the 12th, there's something in the, like the 12th Amendment that would prevent the, 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 the basically the um, allowing of sort of both vice president and president from, see what, see what I keep handy here? <laughs> the Constitution. You need it these days. Anyway, um, Don was making a, a pretty interesting point that you couldn't have actually both of them from Florida. And, you know, Trump is now from Florida. And we were talking about whether or not Byron might be in the running because he's got a lot of qualities that I think would be really, really relatable. And that's an interesting point because you'd have to be so secure, right, Don, in your electoral votes in Florida that you didn't need to scoop up any, any extras because technically they still could run, but this would be a little bit of a hurdle because your math would have to be so spectacular, so with that in mind, that would actually also mean Ron DeSantis, who was talked about, I don't really see that one happening. He's already come out and said, no way. Um, if Ron DeSantis would probably not be sort of first in line for VP, 
which puts us back in sort of the realm of, well, you know, I lo- a lot of you love Vivek. I, I love Vivek. I talked to Vivek I, for the first time years ago when he came out with his book, Woke Capitalism. And I was like, wow, this guy is smart, on the money. I mean, he just blew me away. And he's been on the show a couple times since. He continues to really just be a superstar. Somebody sent me a picture of him when he was campaigning up in New Hampshire. He was at some event and there he was playing some Chopin on the piano. I was like, of course, yes, of course, you know. Multiple Ivy League degrees, a self-made multimillionaire. And of course he plays Chopin too on the, on the piano there with the mountains behind him in my great state of New Hampshire. Anyway, he's absolutely incredible. I just don't see him as VP. I could see him in a cabinet position for sure, maybe treasury. Hey, that'd be interesting, right? Um, Because he knows a lot about business. I could see him in the Commerce Department. I could see a lot of different roles for him. But I don't know as it's going to be necessarily VP. He does have a huge future in the party. Okay, I see not everybody. I'm not going to make everybody happy here. Somebody doesn't like him. But, John, I don't think he's actually going to be it. David, I love Byron. I actually, you know, Byron's going to get on this show. Um, uh, Drew, who produces this show, is actually with him right now at CPAC, just spoke to him today. So I was like, tell Byron, you all want to hear from him again. So, so we'll get him back. Um, women, of course, we've, we've talked about a lot of different women out there that are highly qualified. Governor of South Dakota being certainly top of mind. And um, there's, there's plenty of others. You know what's good news, guys? We have a bench. Like, who would want to do this, honestly? Like, look at what they're doing to Donald Trump. Again, thank goodness for True Social. We'll see if those we'll see if that holds. Let's t- check out that stock price today because when that news came on Friday, it blew everyone away. I mean, a lot of people thought this deal won't be able to happen. It's a SPAC deal, which means there was a company in this case, DWAC, is the ticker symbol Digital World Acquisition Group. It amassed a whole bunch of capital. It went out to investors and said, hey, hey, can I have your money? Can I have your money? Can I have your money? We're going to go out and buy something great. And they went out and they bought Truth, well, not the, the Truth Social, the, 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 the media company that, that Trump has that controls Truth Social. So they go out, they buy that. And then all of a sudden, the scrutiny comes down really hard, like a hammer, as you would expect, of course. And Devin Nunes, who's the CEO of True Social, has said over and over again, he's been on this show too. He's like, look, it's not fair. We're getting treated so much differently than any other company. And it's all because, well, who's the headliner who owns 78% of the company? Well, that would be Donald Trump. So the SEC is probably a little bit more, I hope, above board than some of the other players out there like Letitia James. <laughs> do, do you want to watch that again? Just for fun. I mean, Letitia James is definitely, um, if you look at this, definitely not above board, shall we say. I mean, just a highly, highly politicized person that really just makes you cringe. I mean, this woman is like a nightmare, a total, utter nightmare. The things that she was saying, if I have it, I'll play it. Just, we're going to get into uh, my favorite um, DA in a moment, but... Oh, here's Laura's favorite DA. Venomous. We will fight back to your attempt to bring Trumpism to New York City. He's called me disgraceful. called me radical. Listen, yes. we know he's crazy. Yes. We know he doesn't have a sound mind. Yes. We know he's out of control. Yes. We know he's losing it. Yes. We know his days are numbered and we will come together. He's called me a racist. We've got to stand up to an, an administration which is too male, too pale, and too stale. Thank you. Yeah. What a gal. What a gal. I mean, that's kind of scary. There's a mob mentality there that is really unhealthy and that is really frightening. So reminder, subscribe, 
Let's talk about real stuff. Let's be honest. And let's make sure that this country gets back on the right path sooner rather than later. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.